Welcome to Law X.0, a Bloomberg Law podcast dedicated to seeing around corners and preparing you for the next version of the legal industry. Welcome to Law X.0. I'm Meg McAvoy. And I'm Dory Goldstein, and we're legal analysts with Bloomberg Law. So, Dory, today we're talking about the big topic of cybersecurity, specifically cybersecurity in the financial services sector. Oh, I know a little bit about that. Like Equifax, <laughs> where my data was breached. I, I'm familiar. I heard you were on that list. <laughs> <laughs> not thrilled with it. Um, but in addition, in the past few years, they're just not the only ones. We've seen data breaches from Bank of America, Citigroup, JP Morgan Chase, and just countless others. And the bank data breaches are a, a big deal. I mean, we're talking about the tune of millions and in some case tens of millions of consumers' data being at risk in these breaches. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised to learn, because this isn't my area of law, that there's no federal law that has a, a comprehensive cybersecurity compliance program. Um not at all. Yeah, I know that um, that states have data breach notification laws, but it's not the same as cybersecurity compliance requirements. Um, but today we're going to talk about how New York State is way out in front um, of this area. So New York passed a landmark rule in 2017 that went fully into effect earlier this year that really raises the bar for cybersecurity compliance programs around the country. And here to talk to us today about that rule is Maria Vulo. Maria Vulo served as the Superintendent of Financial Services for the State of New York from 2016 to 2019. In her time there, she is responsible for issuing the groundbreaking cybersecurity regulation. Under Maria's supervision, the agency resolved significant enforcement actions for violations of the Bank Secrecy Act, anti-money laundering, and sanctions laws. In addition to her years of public service, Maria has 25 years of experience in the private sector, working as both a litigator and a strategic advisor. Currently, Maria is the principal of Vulo Advisory Services, a strategic advisory firm specializing in financial services regulation. Welcome, Maria. Hello. It's wonderful to be here. So glad to have you. Well, let's start with a little bit of background on the New York regulation. Can you talk about what was happening in 2016, 2017, in kind of the time leading up to what prompted the Department of Financial Services to take action? Absolutely. So when I arrived at the Department of Financial Services as superintendent in February of 2016, cybersecurity was a very significant topic, as it is today. Um, but at that time, everybody was talking about it, but no one was actually doing anything about it. Right. And since I became the superintendent of financial services, which meant that I was the regulator of New York's financial services industry, I decided that we had to do something about it. There were massive breaches. Uh, and so I proposed and then finalized a cybersecurity regulation that applies to New York's financial services industry. And, of course, New York is the financial capital of the world. So that was a significant step that we took to protect the cybersecurity um, policies and procedures of New York's financial services industry. So your goal with this was to protect financial services data, right? The goal of the cybersecurity regulation was to create minimum standards to bolster the cybersecurity protections of the financial services industry and thereby protect consumers from the uh, release of data and also protect our global financial system from cyber criminals. And how does the regulation do that? 
So the regulation requires New York's financial services industry to have cybersecurity programs and policies. It requires them to have a risk assessment and to periodically review the risk assessment and then to develop a program that requires uh, detection and response to cybersecurity incidents. The program requires continuous monitoring, uh, annual penetration testing, qualified personnel, training, and requirements of encryption, incident response, and reporting to the Department of Financial Services. Mm -hmm. So basically, minimum standards um, to bolster the financial services industry protections and protect consumer data. Interesting. And I know another aspect of the rule was also something that I've been hearing a lot about recently, but I admit that I don't fully understand, which is multi-factor authentication. Um, Could you talk a little bit more about, about that requirement? Yes. Uh, so one of the things that we know is that, you know, people either internally or externally accessing data uh, are getting onto systems without having to authenticate that they are actually users that have uh, the appropriate right of access. So multi-factor authentication means, and some people may actually see this in practice, where you put in your password and then you get a notice from uh, the web that says, you know, what is your, you know, here's a question that you have to answer. Mm-hmm. And I the multi-factor authentication <laughs> is more than, you know, two or more uh, to authenticate that the person that's actually accessing the data is the person that they believe it is that has that access as opposed to a cyber criminal trying to get access. And there's also something called risk-based authentication, which is that the companies uh, should monitor you know, the transactions of certain people that have access. So if there's something unusual, then there's a risk-based approach uh, to authentication where, again, that user would get a question or have to require additional authentication to be able to access the information system. Very, very important. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I want to back up a little bit. Um, I know that states have data breach notification laws, but can you just make clear how this regulation is different than those? Yes. So all states have data breach notification laws, but what was important was not to just look backwards, uh, but to be proactive and to require the financial services industry to take certain actions to mitigate the risk of a cybersecurity breach. And that's what the DFS regulation that I created and wrote and implemented does. It requires the institutions to have certain programs and policies to actually prevent breaches and to strengthen the compliance programs of the institution so that you're not in a situation. We did require notice to the regulator, mm-hmm. uh, 72-hour notice. Uh, so there is a notice provision, but this is a step beyond uh, state data breach notification laws, and it's mm-hmm. proactive and forward-looking. So, Maria, I want to make sure I, I understand this. If this regulation had been in effect, could it have protected my data in the Equifax breach? <laughs> Not to make this about uh, if me. Equifax <laughs> was, if Equifax was required uh, to have a program and a policy and to uh, address patch management and to do vulnerability scans, to do penetration testing, yes, uh, I think that breach oh could gosh. easily um, have been prevented. And in fact, when the Equifax breach 
breach occurred, um, I utilized my power as DFS superintendent and issued a regulation specific to credit reporting agencies requiring them to comply with the DFS cybersecurity regulations. So they now are required to comply with them. But at the time, um, the federal agencies did not have those requirements. And that's why, again, the states were required to act. You touched on this just a moment ago, but what is the potential for the provisions of this rule to have an impact beyond the state of New York? Well, I think it already has had an impact beyond the state of New York. As I mentioned, you know, New York is the financial capital of the world, so many of the institutions that are subject to New York cybersecurity regulation have reached way beyond the state of New York. For example, um, New York has most of the uh, branches of foreign banks located here and regulated by DFS, and since those are global financial institutions required to comply with the cybersecurity regulation, their information systems likely extend beyond the borders of New York State, so it's already had that impact. Mm. On the insurance side, I advocated through the National Association of Insurance Commissioners for there to be a model law that is consistent with and follows the New York regulation. And in fact, in October of 2017, the NEIC passed a model law at my urging uh, that follows the New York regulation. So on the insurance side, we're moving quite in the right direction to have it be a national standard. Hmm. So does that mean it's affecting sectors beyond just the financial sector? Well, my regulation only um, applies to the financial services industry that's regulated. Mm. However, I think the regulation, and it was drafted in a way that's not specific to financial services, any industry uh, can actually follow the regulation. Regulators of other industries can implement the regulation, and certainly companies can utilize the processes and procedures and the requirements of the regulation themselves to have uh, a a robust cybersecurity policy and program that protects the company and its customers from data breaches. So it certainly is a model for all industries to follow. I wanted to ask a little bit about uh, sort of financial institutions' approach to compliance and approach to cybersecurity. So given that not every state uh, is like New York, not every state has adopted a model cybersecurity rule, what are financial institutions doing to make sure that they're doing the right things? Well, I think financial institutions that are regulated by New York uh, are required to comply, and they're actually required to submit an annual certificate of compliance affirming uh, that they are in compliance with the New York regulation that I wrote. Uh, I think beyond that, you know, the, the issue of cybersecurity is such a significant issue for our country. Uh, it was an issue before, uh, you know, all of the talk about Russia, and we have have nation-state actors in many countries. It is a significant issue, and the financial industry obviously has a great impact on the U.S. and the global economy. And I think financial institutions should be on the same page as the regulator on this, and they, for the reputational aspect as well as the strength of their own business and profitability, it is in their interest uh, to have robust cybersecurity policies and programs. And I think many of them are taking it very seriously, and I would hope that all of them do so. Hmm. Yeah. Being that this is such an important issue, do you think that there's any chance of federal movement on it? 
Well, there's been a lot of talk on the federal <laughs> government um, about cybersecurity. There have been hearings. Uh, obviously, the Equifax issue did result in congressional hearings. We see that the FTC uh, is talking about, uh, you know, strengthening a rulemaking process, perhaps. In fact, in a report that the FTC published, um, they actually referred to the New York regulation. I certainly would hope that the federal government takes a more active role. The federal banking agencies can easily implement a rule similar to the rule that I implemented for the federal banking system. Uh, I'm hopeful, but um, I think it's a complicated process in the federal government these days. Mm, Sure. I know that there have been some efforts recently by the Federal Trade Commission uh, to kind of create, you know, a higher bar, some more consistency and uniformity. And they're doing it as part of Graham-Leach-Bliley, the privacy rule and the safeguards rule. What do you think of those efforts? Look, I I am um, I am positive about efforts by any agency to strengthen uh, the requirements for industries on cybersecurity. The FTC is looking at Graham-Leach. My regulation uh, actually is consistent with Graham-Leach, but it goes beyond Graham-Leach. And and the FTC actually in a report did mention the New York regulation. And I think there's a very easy path. Just adopt the New York regulation, and you're done. Would you add anything else to it? I think that uh, the New York regulation is applicable to all uh, industries. I think that we got it right. Uh, Obviously, as time proceeds, people may think that there are ways to adjust, but I actually think we got it right. Uh, And I think that it is uh, flexible enough and uh, covers all of the bases such that it is an excellent model for all industries and regulators to follow. In terms of the the political environment and the prospects for movement at the federal level, I wanted to get a sense from you of where the financial services sector is on this. Are they, I'm sure they can't be anti-regulation, but are they pro-soft regulation? Well, look, I think it depends on who you speak to. I think in the area of cybersecurity, uh, everyone should take this seriously and be um, positive about regulation that works. I mean, obviously, we're in a particular political environment, and that makes regulation difficult. But I think in cybersecurity, we should all be on the same page. I think that Congress and the federal government should act here. Uh, Whether or not they will will depend upon Uh, many forces, including, unfortunately, political ones. And I Mm -hmm. think the politics of the the moment should be taken out of the issue of cybersecurity, and we really need to look at it. It is not a partisan issue. It is an issue that affects the safety and security of the United States and and the global financial system, and they should act, uh, but they should act in a robust way, looking long-term and not simply for a short-term political uh, objective. Interesting. And it sounds like it's not, we're not talking about threats to cybersecurity merely from thieves who want to steal financial data. I mean, you brought up the nation state aspect of it as well. I guess, what do you think are the biggest threats to the system's cybersecurity right now? 
I mean, I think you have you have cyber criminals of all kinds, uh, and you certainly have nation state actors. The United States financial system, the you know the ec- economy of the United States, the healthcare system, wow. the uh, you know the the sort of overall uh, United States governmental and economic system can be a target for cyber criminals, and that includes nation state actors. We have seen not just on a governmental side, but we have seen in the private financial industry that there have been nation-state actors that have actually committed cyber crimes against financial institutions. Some of them have resulted in the flow of funds, uh, and many of them have resulted in the loss of data. So we really need to take this seriously, and the the government at every level has to take this seriously and realize that it is a risk to the sanctity and the security of the United States and our citizens. Right. Given the seriousness of the risk, what advice would you give to people now, financial institutions and other businesses? What should they be doing now, whether or not they're subject to New York's regulation? Look, I think that many businesses are taking this very seriously. I think whether you're a regulated business or an unregulated business, uh, you need to assess your risks, uh, how much personal identifying information you have, whether you have information systems that are old, whether you have information systems that need upgrades, and to really develop a program and a policy that uh, strengthens your cybersecurity protections. You should look at the DFS regulation. It's a good model to follow. And those that are subject to it or want to be subject to it or voluntarily choose to be subject to it, it's not just looking at the letter of it, but the spirit of it, to have a robust um, uh, cybersecurity program and and policies, to have a process where it leads to top management taking it seriously, to train your employees, and to address issues like third-party vendors who may have access to your information systems and may not themselves be protecting data. So all of those things, I think, are important for a robust policy. And frankly, it's the reputation of the company at stake if a cyber breach affects the customers of the company. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Maria. Uh, We've learned so much about cybersecurity, and it's been great to get this information uh, directly from the drafter of the the (laughs) regulation. So thank you. If our listeners want to follow more of your work, where can they find you? Great. And it's been a pleasure to be here. And my website is vuloadvisory.com. You've been listening to Law X.0 from Bloomberg Law. For more Bloomberg Law analysis, visit news.bloomberglaw.com slash Bloomberg hyphen law hyphen analysis. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Dory underscore Goldstein. That's D-O-R-I underscore G-O-L-D-S-T-E-I-N. And I'm at Meg McAvoy, M-E-G-M-C-E-V-O-Y. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Cases and Controversies is all about the Supreme Court. Oh, come on. You know, come on. Well, I agree with you. Be serious. We sit down with leading practitioners and scholars to break down these cases. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up so I didn't have to. uh... (laughs) Oh, interesting. That That is interesting. I guess my imagination is running wild. (laughs) 
Tune in every week for our deep dive and sneak peek episodes wherever you get your podcasts. As always, check out the latest at news.bloomberglaw.com. Ha, 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 ha.